I want to join with others in welcoming you to the services of the day. Our prayer, when we stand before you and bring a lesson of any, of any kind or of any time, our, our desire is to bring words that will encourage you in living your Christian life. Words that will cause you to want to study the Bible more and apply it to your life. So this morning, the question that we have on the board is, are you valuable to the church? From time to time, we hear people say that they don't have any talents or they don't know what their talents are, so they don't use those talents, so they don't feel valuable to the church. We're going to review things that you know, things that you've studied before, and things that we've studied before to remind us of some things about that. And at the end, if you don't feel valuable to the church as being a member of the church that Christ died for, then we failed this morning. But the, less, the, the, the scriptures that we read, we want you to take them home and, and study them further in your life. You know, in 2 Corinthians 13, verse number 5, the scripture says, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that you're Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates. I don't know exactly the, the meaning of reprobates other than it is in some dictionaries is considered counterfeits or fake Christians. I read one definition of that word that said that those are people that God will reject. So we need to examine ourselves and, we, and I want to impress on our minds that we're talking about each individual. It's hard each, every, every time we hear a lesson that we're told to look at ourselves. And that's what I want us to really concentrate on this morning and see if you really, really feel like you're valuable to the church. And that you'll work on that and at, at, at times and when you have time that you will be, know for sure that you're valuable and what talents you have, that it's, it's real important that you use those things. We need to be sure of the talents we have, and we need to use those. I don't believe we can figure out how valuable we are to the church if we don't remember how valuable the church itself is. Again, this is a review. This is things that you know, and these are things that you can use to talk to other people. But we remember in Matthew, the 16th chapter, verse 18, after Peter had made the confession that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Peter, uh, Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church that you're a member of, if you're a member of the church of Christ, the one that Christ died for, is one that he said, I will build my church. I think it's interesting, and sometimes we fail to notice exactly how the world has looked at that from the very beginning, because Jesus had asked his, his disciples, he said, Whom do men say that I am? Who, who do they say that I am? And they said, some said John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah, or even a prophet. So the thing hasn't changed very much today in how it has always been. Because people had known about Christ coming and knew what he was going to do. And but whenever Jesus said, who do they say that I am? They named these other names. And people are still doing that today. 
You know, it amazes me that people with a good heart, people that are searching the Scriptures, trying to obey the Gospel or obey what God would have them do, when they reach an understanding and they begin to do those things, they don't put much emphasis on the fact of what church that they should be a part of. And we're going to notice more and more this morning there's one church, and we know that, and we believe that, and we teach that. But the world as a whole does not believe it. They do not teach that. And even good, as I said, good and honest people that are really wanting to serve God fail to realize that Christ said, I will build my church. In Acts 20, verse 28, here speaking to the elders of the church, he said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to seek to Feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. We said we want to find out the value of it. I'll just tell you today that there's nothing that has been bought with a higher price. We're thankful that we can come each Lord's Day and realize that he gave his life for the church. He, he died and he suffered and died. But that purchase price was the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So how valuable is the church to you today? How important should it be that you're of value to that church that Christ died for? In Acts 2, as we remember the first gospel sermon that was preached, we find that in verse number 41, the scripture says, And they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I bring this in, and I don't bring in the fact of the sermon that he gave, because we know that Peter preached to them and when they found out that they were the ones that had crucified our Lord. And they said, what shall we do? He told them what to do. And those that believed and were baptized were added unto them. Drop down to verse 47 and we see what they were added to. He said, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So when we learn what we need to do, when we believe the Scriptures, then we need to be added to the church that Christ died for. Another thing, the church is referred to many times as, as the body of Christ. In Colossians 1 verse 24, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in, in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. So keep in mind today, and we all know that it's, that it's called the, it's His body, and we're going to look at some references that show what we need to do and what we need to be a part of that body, what we need to do to be a part of that body this morning. So remember, when the Scriptures talk about His body, they're talking about the church, the church that He died for. In Ephesians 1, verse 22 through 23, and hath put all things under his feet and gave to him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So again, it's his body, it is referred to as his body. It is compared to the physical body, as we'll notice in a few minutes. And it's important that we understand how important the physical body, all the parts are, and that makes us valuable to the church. If we're a part of that body, and we're using that body as we should. In Ephesians 3, verse number 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So through the gospel of Jesus Christ, even the Gentiles 
could be a part of that body, could be important to the body, could be valuable to the body. So all that will receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and obey it, they can be a part of that body. In 1 Corinthians 12, I want to read verse 12 through 31, a lengthy reading. You might take your Bibles out and, and, and follow along. It will be on the board, I believe. Uh, I have, Brian has graciously put it on the board, so we haven't talked about what all is there, but it, I believe all of this reading will be there. It might be easier to follow along uh, in your Bibles. Verse number 11 says, These work, these, but all these worketh one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So God, as he placed in the early church, there were different parts to the body, just like it is today. And some of those here in, in Galatians 12, he's talking about spiritual gifts that we know have gone, have, have ceased. And, but now we still are a part of that body and we want to look at it in that light. But God placed them those parts, all the parts in the body, just as he has today, and every part is valuable. Begin reading with verse number 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, all members of that one body, being many are one body, so is Christ. So he's talking about the church, as we said before. He's talking about the body of Christ. Notice. For by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink in, in, into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And I want to skip down and we realize these parts, as it said, if I'm not that part, and I want you to think about your situation when you think about your talent or what you can do for the church. Because I'm not that part, then I won't do my part. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us no matter how small our part is, it's valuable to the church. And we need to use that part so that the church will grow and so that it will be strong as God would have it be. Drop down to the 18th verse. Again, we mentioned, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. You know why you're at in the body of Christ? It's because of your abilities, and God has placed you there, just like he did here. And he said, if we were all one member, where were the body? But now there are many members, yet but one body. And the eye can't say, I'm not you, so I can't do that. But drop down to verse 22. 22 verse 22 says, nay, that, nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Over and over today, because I've heard some people say, well, I don't have any talents. Or because I'm sitting beside someone that has a lot of talent, let them do it. But he said those people, those bodies, those parts of the body that feel feeble, they're important. It's necessary. And those members of the body which, which we think to be less honorable, look at us, or those that may have some talent, we may think they're less honorable. Well, how does God look at it? He says, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, 
having given more abundant to honor to those that of that part that lacketh, that there be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for the other. This last verse, that the members should have the same care one for the other, goes a long way with me today. People have talent that they can use for other people if they only accept that and use those talents. So have the same care one for the other. And he goes on to say, if one suffers, we suffer with it. But then in verse 27, he says, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. We're not all the same. He said, if all was a sin, where would the body be? If all was one part, it wouldn't be a body. So we want to think about that, and I want to continue to remind us that if we feel like that we're unimportant to the church, it may be because we're not using those abilities that God has given us. Again, we want to read a lengthy, uh, another lengthy reading in, in Romans, the 12th chapter, begin reading with verse number 3. In, in Romans, the 12th chapter, number 3, through, the, through verse number 16. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Paul said, I'm going to tell you these things. And something I want us to notice again, that those that have talents need to pay close attention. He says, for through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now we look at this and it's good in every aspect of our life not to look at ourselves more highly than we ought to think. But if we tie the rest of the things that he talks about here in, in, the, in the church and the members and being a part of the body, he's talking about those that are capable, those that are doing, not to think of themselves better than those that might just have one talent. So we need to think about that this morning as, as in my mind the, the thought of the lesson was for those that feel like they have no talent. But those that have talents have warnings throughout the scriptures about how we should treat those. No matter how few talents they have, no matter what they do, we should treat them the same. And, it, and it, sometimes it's hard to do that. But we need to be careful. Verse number four, for as we have many members in one body, there we are again in that one body, the church that Christ died for, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Give it, having then gifts different according to the grace that is given, whether it's prophecy, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith, or a ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy and with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessities of the saints, given to hospitality, bless them which curse, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, 
Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one to the other. So he mentions many things here that are different, that are different, that we're different. Different talents that people have, different things that people can do and should be doing. Remember, he said, to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. I'm not going to describe this morning, it's not my point to describe every talent that we can have. Sometimes when we read these, especially in Corinthians the 12th chapter, we sometimes box that up and say that these talents are within these four walls and there's nothing further from the truth. The talents that we have are how we live every day. That's the church. And that's what builds the church up is how we live from day to day. It's not in this four walls. There's talents that's shown here from time to time, but that's sometimes not the most important talent there is, is it? The talent is how we live and where we live and how we present our life. You know, I, I mentioned a time or two that the person on the pew next to you might have more talent than you have or you think they do. You know, we need to be careful. As Paul told some of them in, in, first, in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, he said, we bear, dare not compare ourselves amongst the number or compare ourselves with some that compare themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among, among themselves are not wise. The comparison we make is with the Word of God and how that we use it and how that we use those talents. So I don't mean this to be a stretch, but I believe that, that this applies to us today when we look at someone else and say, well, he's got a lot of talent, so he can do it, and I don't have to compare ourselves with ourselves as member of this body of Christ. And he said that is not wise. But in 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 18, he tells us what is wise. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord approves, or whom the Lord commendeth, excuse me, so we want to be careful that what we do is to the Lord and that we receive for those things that we have done because we've done what the Lord has asked us to do. You know, it wouldn't be possible to talk about the things we're talking about this morning without bringing up the parable of the talents. I intentionally left it out. I'm not going to read the parable of the talents this morning, but I want to remind you of those things and I want you to think of that as we go further along. You, we all familiar with that, and we know what the Scripture says, but in matter, this per person was leaving on a long journey, and he left all his goods to his servants. And what he did was, is found in Matthew 25, verse 15, and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, every man according to his several ability. There's the difference again. There's all are different. And straightway took his journey. And we know what the end of the, of, the, of the talents was, that the five men, the one that had five talents gained other talents, and the Lord blessed him. The one with two gained other talents, and the Lord blessed him. And the one with one that didn't use his talents, and that's the warning I want us to have today, the one that didn't use his talents, God cursed because he didn't do the things that he was asked to do. I'm going to admit to you at this time why that well, I'm talking about this today. I read a book about the life of Conrad Hilton. 
And he wrote the book himself, and toward the end of that book, he made a statement that stuck with me, and I've thought about that for quite a bit. It's the reason I wanted to remind you today of these things. But he said every, well, if I, I need to tell you who he is. Some people don't know who he is, but he's the one that bought a hotel in Cisco, Texas, and, and parlayed that into thousands of hotels, and they're still in existence today, even though he's dead and gone. But toward the end of that book, he said something that impressed me, and it, to me it parallels what the Bible's trying to teach us about individuals, about the church having different members and being important. He said, every person has, a ta has talents. Was that not unlike what the Bible says? Everybody has talents. And he said, and needs to use them. Now think about a man that has all the employees that he had, and I could have given you a number, but it wouldn't make any more sense. He's a, he's a billionaire. He had all this money, but you know, he didn't make it by himself. And he said, some people's talent may be to be the janitor. Maybe someone that cleans up. Maybe the doorman. Maybe whatever. And if you can use your mind, if you go to a hotel and you think about how important every part is. But he said, those per people, you need to find your talent and use it. Think where he would have been, even in Cisco, Texas, if they'd all said, I don't want to do that, I just want to be a maid. We're all going to be a maid. You see, it wouldn't have never got off the ground. Same example that I'm trying to teach us this morning or remind us of this morning, the church is the same way. If we decide that we're all going to just do the one same thing, then that will be eventually the end of the church. But he saw this, and he made another statement that stuck in my mind, and I want to tell you, if you're a young member in the church, or, or if you haven't found your talent, you need to do that. But he said, you need to find your talent, and it's not wrong to take a little time to find it. Well, it's not wrong to take some time to find your talent if you haven't found it. But I want to give you this admonition. Don't use that as an excuse not to find it. Don't use that as an excuse not to use the talents that God has given to you. Because he's given it to you. He expects you to use it just like those things. We read a little while ago, that, and he said, those that give exhortation to do exhortation. Encouraging someone by what you do, by how you live, by how you study your Bible by how you follow the Word of God, this may be your talent. It doesn't have to be the talent that everyone else has, but we can all encourage someone. We can be an example to someone, and that may be the talent that we have. When you find your talent, use it. Then you'll be valuable to the church. In James 1, verse number 9, here again, he says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. You see, we treat everyone the same and God treats everyone the same. Have you thought about the fact that the five-talent man, did God think more of him than he did the two-talent man? The five-talent man made other talents and God blessed him. Did he think more of the two-talent man than he did the one-talent man? 
the two-talent man made other talents, and he blessed him. He didn't think more of the five-talent than he did the one-talent man because he had given those, those talents according to their ability. The difference was because he didn't commend the one-talent man was because he didn't obey and he didn't use his talent. So I hope we'll remember that as we live from day to day and as we go on from here. You know, we read in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, that your members in particular, we're all different when we're all needed in the church. Don't ever forget or think that you're not important to the body of Christ. In Philippians 2, verse 7 through 8, talking about Christ, but made of himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He came as a man, as a servant, to serve others, not to be served. How do we recognize our talent? I believe we as Christ must become servants. And that's not just only in this room. That's when we're out among other people and that's how we live from day to day. We need to serve others as God has directed. Whether we have a whole lot of talent or just one. Be servants of others. You know, God taught, it, taught in His Word that we should use our talents to glorify and please Him. Without recognizing and the use of our talents and abilities, he, that he, without, he, is, he, without using those abilities, then we're not of use to him. I don't believe we can serve him if we don't use the abilities that he's given us. Simple definition of serve is to be of service or to be of use. And Christ did many times. Christ said, I must be about my father's business. And what was that business? It was to serve others. A servant is one that serves. To minister is to give aid or service. If you're here this morning and can't give aid or service to someone, I don't know what you can do for the, for the Lord. Turn to Romans, the sixth chapter. And here we want to read a little bit about servants. We know it's important, to, and this, this scripture is written to servants, or about servants and service, but we want to read these verses and think about our service and where we should be. Romans 6, verse 16, Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey as servants are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free, you become servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of man because of the infirmities of your flesh. For ye, ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanliness, to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so, yield, now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were, you were free from righteousness. What fruit has you then in those whereof you are ashamed? 
for the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit under holiness and, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we're going to serve God and His plan, or we're going to serve man. So we need to know that our service depends on the talents that we have. Now Mark 10, verse 42 through 45 but Jesus called them unto him and saith unto them, You know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. He said, You know about this. You know how that works. If they've got authority, they're hard on their people. Verse 43, But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be chiefest shall be a servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He said, again, he warns us that if we have the talents, if we, we, if we have some authority, that we're not to abuse that authority as the Gentiles did. But he said, it's not going to happen one time among you because we're not going to allow this in the church. Ephesians 6, verse 6 through 8, and again, he's talking about servants here. And I've already said we're servants of God, so I believe this applies to every one of us today. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of God, servants of Christ, excuse me, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. So when we use our talents, we're not to be seen of men. We're not to do it toward men for, for that matter, but we're to do it as though we're doing it to God. Knowing that whatsoever thing, good thing, notice, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall receive of the Lord, whether it be, whether he be bond or free. Every good thing that any man does, if we do it toward the Lord, he said that we will receive the same. You remember the Five-talent men and the two-talent men received good because they did good things. The, the one-talent man did not. Luke 12, verse 47. And that servant, pay close attention to, these, to this verse. And that servant which knew his Lord's will. I don't believe there's anyone here this morning that don't know what God expects from you and your talents. He said that servant that knew his Lord's will. And prepared not himself. Think about the one talent man again. Neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. We know God's will, don't we? Concerning our abilities and our talents. He asked us to use those talents and abilities to glorify him, as we said. So since you know his will, and you know what he would have you do, and you're not doing it, what will be your end? And I suppose the whole lesson could have been made around one scripture, and we want to read it at last. is Ephesians 4, verse 16, talking again about the body and all the parts that are needed in the body. Scripture says, from whom the whole body, that's all of us, 
fitly framed together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. That means the one with one talent to the one with a hundred. Every joint supplies it. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, every part doing their part, maketh increase of the body. We've been blessed with a lot of talent in this congregation. We're thankful for your talent. We're thankful for what you do. And we don't mean to put that down at all today. But if every one of us would use the talent we have from the one talent when we thought we didn't have anything to the ones that have a lot of talent, the church will be blessed with increase. It will continue to grow and get stronger because we all have taken a part because we all realize that we need to do what we do. <clears throat> the body fitly fits together when all of our talents are used to serve one another and others. Through ministering of each member, the church grows. There'd be no ministering or no service without each member using the talents that you have. I want to mention again over and over, if you have one talent, that doesn't make you any lesser than the person sitting beside you that has a bunch. The elders of the church want you to know that you're valuable to this church. No matter what you may think today, and we want to remove that thought from your mind that because you can only do a little bit, that you're not valuable. But higher than the elders of the church is God. And he expects you to use your talents so that the church will be strong. If you're here this morning and have never obeyed the gospel and have been taught and would like to obey the gospel this morning, we'd like to assist you in that. If you're here this morning and for some reason you need the prayers of the church so that you can move closer to God for whatever reason that might be, We'd assist one or either class if you'd come all together with we'll standing and sing.